Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. It's me, Michael Schaefer, your host. Very excited for this week's episode. So much has happened in the news this week that the story of North Korea testing an intercontinental ballistic missile that, according to Japanese intelligence, can reach anywhere in the United States. That story has not been noticed by anyone, really. I only noticed this story because I was perusing the newspaper here in Australia, where I currently am, for the next couple of months. And I went to page, like, 32 and saw a little paragraph at the bottom saying, hey, by the way, North Korea has just tested a nuclear missile and they can kind of reach, like, anywhere now in the in most of the world, they can they can blow up most of the world now if they want to. And that didn't even make it to, like, page 12. That was page 32. I mean, that's how much... That's how shit... That's a good indication of how bad the world is right now, that North Korea having a fully functional nuclear weapon that could wipe out half the world is not even registering on anyone's radar. It's kind of, I kind of, I never thought I'd say this, but I miss the days when all we had to worry about was a North Korean nuclear missile. That was nice. Like, remember like 2016, 2017, when Trump went to visit North Korea and he met Kim Jong-un and they kind of had this like, uh, awkward, weird meeting where they shook hands and then they stood just side by side together and and took photos and and Trump was like, "This is my close personal friend Kim Jong Un. Yes, he is a dictator and yes, he starves his entire population. But this is my close personal friend, and we have to be nice to this man because he's got nuclear bombs." Remember that? I never thought I'd be nostalgic for the days when all we had to worry about was a nuclear holocaust being started by North Korea. When all we had to worry about was Trump tweeting at Kim Jong-un, I've got a bigger nuclear weapon arsenal than you do, so don't even think about it. Remember when we were like on the cusp of nuclear war? That was big news. And now it gets relegated to page 32 of the local rag. You didn't even know about this. I know you didn't know about this. This is the first time you're hearing that North Korea has an intercontinental ballistic missile that can reach anywhere in the mainland of the United States. And the reason why you're only hearing about this now is because we've been busy. There's other shit going on right now. We've got a war in the Middle East. We've got another one between Russia and Ukraine, which, let's be honest, we also kind of have forgotten about. So here we are, back to where we were like in 2016, 2017. It kind of is, like I said, it's nice. It's a nice, it's a nice, it's a feeling of a warm blanket to go back in time. We didn't know those were the golden years. That was a nice time. It's it's kind of like, remember when like ISIS were at their peak and they were going around just like beheading everyone and, you know, stoning gay people, throwing them off buildings and 
just doing awful, awful stuff through Iraq and Syria. I remember that time thinking, God, you know, I miss Al-Qaeda. I miss the Taliban. I guess my point is you never really know how good you have it until things get worse. And I think that the world is so bad right now that the number one story back in 2016, North Korea is going to kill us all, isn't even near page one anymore. I'm not sure if that's progress. I think it's the opposite of progress. We've regressed as a society. But it's it's interesting that the North Korea situation, which we just completely forgot about, we, we never solved that. That, rem- that. that just reminds us that we never solved that. Because if you had said to people, if you had said to me last week, hey, Michael, what did happen with North Korea in their nuclear missile arsenal? We fixed that, right? I'd be like, I reckon we did because I haven't heard about it for ages. But no, we didn't fix it. We just haven't heard about it just because we were busy with a pandemic and then some wars and we've just been busy. We've been flat chat. Christmas is coming up. People are doing their Christmas shopping. We're all busy right now. We don't have time to think about the North Korea threat. I think people should just say to Kim Jong-un, mate, look, we know you're still around, but can you can we at least get through the latest Middle East conflict before we kind of circle back to you? I know you want attention, but now is not the time. I mean, sometimes now is not the time. Aliens came to visit us. Remember last year, the U.S. House of Intelligence, or maybe it was this year, the U.S. House of Intelligence came out and said, um, "Aliens, uh, we're pretty sure aliens exist, and that and they seem to be visiting us semi frequently." And the world was just like, "Well, now is not the time to be dropping this. We're busy. There's there's wars. We're still dealing with the aftermath. The we're still dealing with the after." effects of COVID, like, just don't drop the alien bomb on us just yet. Sometimes now is not the time. North Korea, now is not the time to be testing your missiles. If you're going to do it, you should have timed it with the release of Oppenheimer when we were all talking about nuclear bombs. That would have, I think, been a pretty good marketing ploy from North Korea to just tie the launch of their latest intercontinental ballistic missile with the release of Oppenheimer, then you would have gotten people's attention. Then people would have been like, oh, this is like good timing from North Korea. Here we are all talking about nuclear weapons. Meanwhile, North Korea, they've just launched a new one. That, I mean, I know Oppenheimer did pretty well at the box office. I think that would have given it another boost. I think if Killian Murphy and Kim Jong-un were walking down the red carpet together at Cannes Film Festival, I think that would get more people interested in Oppenheimer. And again, it already did really well, but I just think that that would have taken it to another level. I'd love to see the two of them on the red carpet. They'd be like, Killian, who dressed you tonight? And he'd be like, uh, Hugo Boss. And then they'd be like, and Kim, who dressed you tonight? And he'd be like, I think a, a sex slave that I have in my compound... She dressed me tonight. 
That would be kind of interesting to have the two of them together launching the Oppenheimer movie. All I'm saying is North Korea now is not the time. You missed your chance. You should have coincided the release of your latest nuclear weapon with the release of a very, very popular movie and you both could have bounced off each other's publicity at the time. I've got to get to what's happening in America right now. There's so much so much news coming out of America right now. This, But the big story out of the US this week, in my opinion, has got to be the aide who works at the Senate. I think it's the, is it the Colorado Senate. He works one of the state senates. An aide of Maryland. An aide who works in the Senate in the state of Maryland filmed himself having gay sex in the hearing room of the Senate, which is where people have important meetings. Apparently, they had the 9-11 Commission in this very room. This is where they do Supreme Court nomination hearings. An aide, a young guy, filmed himself having gay sex in the Senate's hearing room. He filmed it, like, holding the camera while he's fucking this dude, or getting fucked. I'm not sure if he was the top or the bottom, but he was participating in the gay sex. And it's, he seemed to have gotten away with it, but then the video got leaked on to the internet, and then he was identified, and then he had to resign. Now... I, my first reaction to this is, well, at least it was consensual. I think that's a nice place to start because, you know, if you look at what happens in Australia, I mean, Australia has been embroiled in this Brittany Higgins, Bruce Lerman rape scandal, alleged rape scandal for years now. And, you know, that's that's not consensual. That's bad. Over in the US, this guy is being... Fo- he lost his job for having consensual sex. I think that we're... Are we going too far here? I think if it was non-consensual, of course. You gotta, you gotta punish that. You know, you've gotta get... You gotta lose your job and then get paid millions of dollars by Channel 7 to tell your side of the story. That's that's your punishment if you're accused of rape in Australia. This guy's just having consensual gay sex over in the Senate and he's getting punished. I think that surely... I mean, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. I know that's probably... That sounds like a, a double entendre in this instance, but... I think the Christian thing to do would be to just be like, hey, okay, we've all done it. We've all we've all had gay sex in the hearing room. We all make mistakes. You know, don't do it again. I just think if it was consensual, people are overreacting a little bit. I know it's kind of disrespectful to have sex in the workplace. But, well, maybe it's more the filming of it. I think if you're going to do it, just don't film it. Just like have your sex... Have a nice time. Don't film it. I just think people are getting in trouble these days for filming themselves doing 
not necessarily illegal stuff, but just stuff that's a bit uncouth. I mean, you know, Hunter Biden, of course, every time he does anything fucked up, he films it. What He's always, every time he fucks a hooker or smokes crack, he just needs to document it on his phone, on his laptop. I mean, there's there's so many photographs of Hunter Biden's penis floating around the internet. It's hard to avoid at this point. If you just Google the news, you'll see Hunter Biden's dick 60% of the time. You're like, okay, we don't need to see it every time we Google what's happening in America right now. People just keep filming themselves doing fucked up shit. It's not... Just, I think, can we learn, if anything, from this year? I think if anything we can learn from 2023, it's this. Dear listener, if you're going to, like, have gay sex at work or you're going to, or any sex for that matter, to be honest, if you're going to have any sex at work with another person, irrespective of their gender, with yourself, if you're going to have sex at work, if you're going to um, have sex with a hooker, if you're going to smoke crack, if you're going to paraglide into Israel and murder and rape civilians... It's don't film it because inevitably it's going to get leaked and it's going to look bad for you. It looks bad for this senator, senator's aide. It looks bad for Hunter Biden. It looks bad for Hamas because you know Hamas is like we're the good we're good guys. You know we're just resistance fighters and everyone's like yeah, but why did you you know rape and kill all these people at a music festival? And they're like probably shouldn't have put that on the GoPro, but. I think that that's something we can learn from 2023, dear listener. If you're going to participate in something that's, you know, a war crime or just gay sex in a public space, whatever it is that you that maybe isn't for public consumption, maybe don't film it and put it on the internet because it's just the consequences for you are going to usually be bad. Either you lose your job, you get sued, or in the case of Hamas, you get you get bombed a lot. Just don't don't film yourself doing stuff you want to show your grandmother. If you're not going to show your grandmother the gay sex video, that's a good rule of thumb. If you if you would feel uncomfortable for your grandmother to see this, that's a good rule of thumb. If your grandmother enjoys watching you have gay sex, sure, film it, send her the video. But if she's not, that's a good that's the kind, that's where you'd ask yourself, okay, if grandma saw this video, would I feel proud? Maybe she would be proud. Maybe your grandmother would be proud of the gay sex. Maybe she's a very progressive woman and she accepts you for who you are and she likes to see you coming out of the closet and coming onto the back of your partner in the Senate hearing room. Maybe she is a good woman. But most people's grandmothers, I think it's just a good rule of thumb because most people's grandmothers would kind of oppose the public gay sex. I just think it's a good rule of thumb. Just don't feel yourself doing this stuff because then you have to always come out and, and release a statement and apologize. So this guy who did it, he his name's Aiden Mace Chirovsky. I'm not sure if I pr- pronounced all that correctly, but he came out and put a statement on LinkedIn after he lost his job. And it's a very funny statement. I'll read you through the statement and I'll explain to you why I think it's funny. First of all, it's funny to have to post on LinkedIn where the implication of the post is sorry I had gay sex in the hearing room at work that's funny in and of itself this feels more like something you'd post on an Instagram story rather than to your LinkedIn account I feel like LinkedIn accounts 
Is that a place where people post apologies? I don't really hear about apologies being posted to LinkedIn. Normally, it's like a screenshot that gets shared on your Instagram story and it gets deleted after 24 hours. Usually, people don't... Because I feel like LinkedIn is a place where you're just always trying to you know, present yourself as horrible. And I just think apologizing for gay sex on LinkedIn for something you did at work, I just don't, that's not like, it's not, it's not helping you get the next job. I mean, it might help you get some jobs. I'm, what jobs would gay sex in the office, I mean, if you, I mean, I mean, gay porn stars have gay sex in the office, but I don't know any other jobs where, I mean, Australian Parliament, you have sex in the office. Barnaby Joyce did that quite a bit. He did it so much that he had, that had to bring in a rule to say, please don't have sex in Parliament anymore. That's a, remember the boink ban? The, the, sorry, the bonk boink. Remember the bonk ban? That was a few years ago. That's, if you're not, if you're new to Australian politics, Australians uh, fuck so much that they had to bring a, a ban in for politicians and say, hey, um, when you're at the office, when you're at work, please don't have sex with any of the staff. It's, it's, you know, creating issues for HR. And Barnaby Joyce, who I think was the deputy prime minister at the time, basically, you know, was separating from his wife and then was stooping this woman in the office and kind of started a new family with her. They basically said, look, we get it. Barnaby, he's a very sexual man. He's a frisky man. You know, he's big and he's red and he's got a big hat and a whip. He's a man from the country. He's virile. He's going to fuck. The man fucks. We get that he's attractive. We get that it's going to be hard to stop to stop women wanting to fuck this man in the office. But, and we know it's going to be hard to stop Barnaby Joyce from keeping it in his pants. He's a virile man. But, Jesus Christ, can we just, can we just not do it between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m.? Can you at least wait till, you know, you get home? So, I guess in Australia... There was a time where we tolerated uh, heterosexual sex, at the very least. We haven't been progressive enough where we would tolerate gay sex. You know, hopefully, by the grace of God, we will one day. But So I guess my point is it's, it's hard to get a job after you've been, you know, I'm not going to say outed, but after you've been, uh, after a video of you having gay sex at work has been leaked on onto the internet. So this guy's gone to LinkedIn to post his apology. I don't think it's a good idea to put the apology on LinkedIn. Just do it on on your Instagram story. But he's written this. He said, This has been a difficult time for me as I have been attacked for who I loved to pursue a political agenda. Now, he says, I've been attacked for who I love. So, this is funny because, and this is clever from him, by the way. He's kind of playing the gay card here. He's saying, well, the reason why I'm, I've gone kind of being punished so severely is because I'm gay and I was fucking a, a dude or getting fucked by a dude. I'm not sure. Again, I, I, or maybe it was both of them. I'm not sure. I just don't know what position he was. You know, you can watch the video, but everything's kind of blurred on the video. So I, I don't know if he's a top or a bottom. I don't think it really matters though, to the point I'm trying to make, is that he's kind of playing the gay card here. He's saying, I lost my job because I'm gay and I gay sex. So, well, I don't know. I do. I think that if he was fucking a woman... I think he'd still 
or getting fucked by a woman, either or. I, th- I still think if it was heterosexual, I still think he'd be in trouble. I don't think that's the reason he lost his... I don't think the reason he was fucking a dude... I don't think that's the reason why he lost his job. I think it was just that he was fucking anything or anyone. I think he could have been... If he was fucking the desk, I think people would be like, you we, you can't do that. We we have 9-11 commissions at this desk. You know, this is where firefighters come to tell us how they have cancer because they were in Tower 1 when it collapsed. And when we are deciding against covering their medical costs, we don't want to remember... That there's semen all over the desk. It's distracting for us when we're ignoring the claims of these firefighters. So I don't think it really matters that he was having gay sex. I think heterosexual sex would have also let him in, would have also put him in some hot water here. It just reminds me of how uh, Kevin Spacey did something similar. When Kevin Spacey was outed as being a sexual predator by some uh, victims of his who were young men, well, they were young men at the time, they said, well, I was a young guy, he kind of like threw himself on me and and sexually assaulted me. And, and Kevin Spacey thought, well, this is the perfect opportunity for me to let everyone know that I'm gay. This is the perfect opportunity for me to come out and say, I'm here, I'm queer, and I am also a sexual predator. That was... I, like Kevin Spacey thought, well, if I come out as gay now, maybe that'll kind of like, maybe I'll get a bit of goodwill, you know, from from people, from the LGBTQI plus community, just from people who will be like, you know, sure, he's a sexual predator. Yes. But, you know, he's also brave for coming out of the closet. So, you know, I guess case dismissed. I think that's what Kevin Spacey was hoping for by playing the gay card. I think it's a... It is interesting, though, that in he, like in the minds of Kevin Spacey, in the minds of this aide to the Senate, like just kind of playing the gay card, in their minds, they think it's going to help. It's going to get a bit of goodwill. It'll might, it might mitigate things a little bit. That could be, that could be right. You know, I would like to... Like, if O.J. Simpson came out and, like, during the trial and was like, I'm gay. Would that have helped? I think that it's worth a shot. I just, I guess, it is an interesting thing about our society right now that if you, maybe not know OJ Simpson's time, people were still pretty homophobic then. But I think nowadays, when people come out, it's usually like, typically it's very welcomed, and and you know, people get applauded and people get um, told that they're you know they're role models when they come out as being gay. So it can kind of get you out of a sticky situation. Again, pun. Not really intended there. It can get you out of a sticky situation. I think if you ever caught, if you're like shoplifting or something, and you get caught shoplifting, maybe that's your time to come out as gay. You know, because like I'm often at the self-service checkout stealing, and I've never been caught, and I don't really have a plan if I am caught for scanning through steak as a brown onion because you can't really. You can't say you didn't know. Sorry, I thought this ribeye was an onion. They look the same. I don't really have a plan if I'm caught. I guess if I am caught, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm gay. I wonder if I think that would 
help a little bit. Sorry, I was stealing from the Coles checkout. Uh, I want you to know I'm going to take this moment to come out as a gay man, a proud gay man. And I hope that you'll take this into account when you decide what to do with me. And I presume security will be like, well, you know, I don't want, I want to be an ally. So just, just don't do it again. And I'm not going to ask you what all your cucumbers are for. I think that coming out as gay can mitigate some sticky situations. I don't think, you know, getting caught having sex again in the Senate is, is going to kind of, I don't think it, I don't think being gay is going to help him here. I don't think this is, I, and again, I don't think he's being prosecuted because he's gay. I think if anything, it might be helping a little bit. Because people don't want to come across as homophobic. Everyone's like, well, it's all that he was, everyone's like, no, 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 like, you can fuck that dude as hard and as much as you want. Just please don't do it, you know, where we, where we investigate 9-11. Please don't do it where, you know, I just don't think you should, people say you shouldn't like shit where you eat. I think a similar rule is like, don't um, ejaculate where the US Supreme Court justices are chosen. I think that's also a pretty reasonable, reasonable saying. So he's come out and said, look, I'm being attacked because I'm gay. I don't really buy that. And then he goes on and says this in his LinkedIn Apologies, as while some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. And then he says, any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated and I'll be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. I mean, he says, I would never disrespect my workplace. Does having sex in your workplace disrespect it? Not necessarily. I think because having, I don't think um, people view sex as a very dirty, shameful thing in Western culture. It's, it shouldn't be. It is viewed as a very vulgar, crass thing. It is just a regular human function. But there's a time and a place for it. I think it's disrespectful to perform some human functions in the workplace. You know, some people get, like sometimes just eat, eating, you know, lunch. Like if it's a smelly lunch at the office, if you're eating like a, if you warm up a piece of fish in the microwave, that can be very disrespectful to other people in the office because, you know, the smell of the fish can be, for some, quite overpowering, quite distracting if they're trying to work the office. And that's disrespectful to the people that you're working with. Equally, I think uh, ejaculating in someone else's seat and on someone else's desk can also be considered disrespectful. I think. So, I have no doubt he loves his job. Of course he loves his job. He gets to have gay sex at his job. So, I have no doubt about that. And I think it is it is important to find something that you love. Because you know what they say, you know, if you find a job you love, you'll never work it down in your life. And if that job involves being able to suck and fuck in the office as much as you like, you know, you'll never feel like you're going to work. So I, I'm sure he loves his job and I'm sure he didn't really intend to disrespect the workplace, but, you know, you should know that I think anything that involves like bodily fluids should not be performed at the workplace. 
I th- I think the a reasonable person would take that as as disrespectful. So good luck to this guy. I hope he finds a job where you know you can you can suck and fuck as much as you want in the office. It's hard to think of a job where you can do that. You know, I know in the Australian Parliament, you know, you used to be able to do that and they brought in the bonk ban and, you know, I'm sure like in the pornography industry, even in the pornography industry though, you know, it, it's it's a very, it's a workplace and, you know, you, you suck and fuck, you know, for the camera and on time and it, it's structured and there's a scene and there's a dialogue and I think if you're just, even if you were just like having sex on a porn set, you know, outside of business hours even then people be like dude what are you doing like this is where we like we just cleaned up and now we have to clean up again and then start the next scene i i just it's hard to think of a workplace where having sex with anything or anyone irrespective of the gender it's hard to think where that would be considered to be okay but i hope he finds a role where that is welcomed because he clearly has a lot of talent. He's clearly passionate about what he does. He's clearly passionate about having gay sex. And I hope that he finds a workplace where that's, that's kind of a prerequisite. That would be a cool, it'd be, that'd be a cool thing to be able to put on his CV. He should put this on his CV for the next job he applies for. Just be like, Hey, like in the interview, like if, if you want a job, Clearly, this guy wants to be able to have sex in the office. It's part of it's you know he gets off on that, and that's and that's fine. We all have we all have things that you know arouse us. Obviously, he, for him, like fucking in the office and filming it is his thing. Good on him. I think he should just make that known to future employers so that they just you know we're all on the same page, and you know you don't have any nasty surprises down the track. So I think when you know in the interview, when they're like, hey. You know, what's your greatest weakness? What's your greatest strength? Well, you know, he could be like, well, my, my, my greatest uh, weakness is I like to suck and fuck in the office. And my greatest strength is I'm Excel proficient. So I just think that it's something he could bring up in an interview. Be open. That's what I always say that to my listeners. Be open and honest about what you want in all your relations, particularly when you go into the workforce, because you just want to make sure that you and your boss are on the same page. And look, if you're planning to come on your boss's keyboard when he's away, I just think you should mention that to your boss. And I'm sure that accommodations can be made, you know, so long as HR are kept informed and, you know, so long as you don't, you know, at least post the video of it onto the internet. The other big news coming out of America right now it's not as big as the guy, you know, doing the gay sex in the Senate hearing, but Donald Trump just got removed from the Colorado primary ballot. So the Republicans are going to be having their primary votes over the next couple of months to see who's going to be their nominee for, for president. And obviously Trump is like going to win that and then he's going to be president again because he's, he's competing against a, a corpse. He's com- it's not fair that... Trump is competing against a dead person. I think that's, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair. It's a hand. I, I think it's unfair to, I feel sorry for Joe Biden that he's, 
that he's not alive. I think it's unfair that Joe Biden is expected. People are like, we need Joe Biden to, to win. And the guy doesn't have a heartbeat. He doesn't have a pulse. And we're putting all this pressure on him to... It's terrible. It's, it's, it's shocking what we're doing to Joe Biden that we're expecting a, a dead person to, to beat Donald Trump. I mean, you can't expect dead people to do anything. They're dead. My grandmother has been dead for years. She's done nothing in that time. I think, to Joe Biden's credit, he's, he's managed to remain president of the United States despite being clinically dead for a couple of years. But I think it's too much to ask him to, to beat Trump again, whilst, again, being not alive. It's too much to ask for. But, I mean, he could be America's, the first dead American president to win an election if all the other states do what Colorado has done because Colorado is basically like, hey, Trump can't compete to be the Republican nominee. And if all the other states kind of do that, that means he won't be able to be the Republican nominee. But I guess in that case, he would just kind of run as an independent and, and win that way. I guess my point is you can't really deny Trump. He's, he's going to be the next president. And I, for one, kind of welcome it, especially with North Korea back in the news. It could just be nice to have Trump back as president. North Korea's back in the news. Trump can go back and pay Kim Jong-un a visit. I think that's nice. I think that's nice. I don't like the fact, though, that he has been removed from the from the Colorado ballot just because it actually just confirms all of the conspiracies that he puts out there about how the deep state is out to get him and out to stop him. Because, you know, we dismiss the QAnon crazies who are like, you know, they're putting fluoride in the water so that they can make the kids gay and the vaccine has a microchip and it, the 5G towers are giving you cancer so that they can kill all the white people and bring the immigrants to vote for the Democrats. Like, I get that these people are crazy and insane, but one of the big conspiracies is that there's a deep state that's out to stop Donald Trump from becoming president. And it's hard to dismiss that when the state comes out and stops Donald Trump from competing for the presidency. So I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. All I'm saying is that it just kind of gives more fuel to to Trump and gives more fuel to the conspiracies Every time they come for him in some way, whether it's like they're going after him for fucking a prostitute and paying her off or, sorry, not a prostitute, a porn star, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, every time they come after him for the, the porn star stuff, for the, for the tax evasion, you know, now they're coming after him for, you know, the insurrection and stopping him from being on the ballot because, of, you know, he tried to just overthrow the government. Who hasn't tried to overthrow a government? It's crazy in America is like offended that Trump tried to overthrow the government when America has been overthrowing governments for for decades. I mean, Henry Kissinger passed away last week. He was famous for installing General Pinochet in 
Argentina and you know you know overthrowing governments in what was it like East Timor and Vietnam and Cambodia and then more recently America's overthrown governments in Iraq and Afghanistan and then of course reinstalled the Taliban but America America's whole thing is overthrowing governments you could you could make the argument that overthrowing a government is the most American patriotic thing you could do it's as American as apple pie and and baseball like that's a very american thing to do is to overthrow a government and then trump decides to overthrow the government and he gets punished for it i think it's hypocritical for america to be like oh it's okay when we do it to the middle east to get oil but when trump does it to stay in power then it's illegal and it's wrong I think that's hypocritical. I think Trump trying to overthrow the government on the 6th of January, 2020, I think that's the most patriotic thing you could do as as an American. And I think that it's kind of part of the culture. It's actually part of the culture. It's actually, it's kind of, it's kind of racist to tell Trump not to overthrow the government. It's kind of insensitive to say that you're not allowed to do that because that is American culture. He's just doing the thing that the American government has been doing for decades anyway. So, for doing the most American thing ever, for doing the most patriotic thing available to him, he's now, you know, getting kicked off the Colorado ballot and perhaps other states will follow. And this just confirms to all of his followers that, you know, there is a conspiracy that people are out to get him. Every time they come for him, like support just rockets. Every time they come for him, he just releases more merch and sells more merch and makes more money, gets more donations. Like remember when he went to the state, the Georgia prison because they were suing him for some, for trying to steal the election in Georgia. He turns up, you know, takes his mugshot. And then five minutes later, he's selling that mugshot on a t-shirt under the banner, never surrender. Despite the fact that in that photograph, he was literally surrendering to the local police authorities. But Setting that aside, I mean, Trump people, they don't really understand irony or anything. But what they do understand is buying the merch and making the donations and giving money when he asks for it. So every time they come for him, he's just going to raise more money. He's just going to get more followers. He's going to make more, get more power. I think it's a bad idea. Like, if you're out to get Trump, the best thing you can do is, like, not go after him and just leave him be because then you're just confirming it's like when Kanye came out and said the Jews run the world and they run Hollywood and they control everything and as a Jewish person I was like fuck this guy this is anti-Semitic bullshit I hate this and then what happens is the next day he loses all of his money he loses all of his sponsorships he gets dropped by his agents he loses everything and it just confirms this it confirms what he was saying he comes out and says the jews run the world next thing you know he loses all of his net worth a billion dollars or whatever it's hard to refute him at that point so when trump comes out and says there's a conspiracy out to get me the best thing you can do is not fuel the conspiracy because when you're doing it you're just going to generate more revenue for him and make him look more and more correct the best thing you do right now for trump is just, firstly, 
ignore him. And second of all, make sure that when he's running in the next election, that he's not competing against a dead person. Because dead people, in my experience, uh, can't do much, uh, particularly be president of the United States. So that's my that's my take on it. Let Trump tell people there's a conspiracy, but don't confirm it for him. Just don't confirm it for him. Other big news that's come out this week, and I think Trump might be on this list, is that Jeffrey Epstein, remember that guy who was, you know, he had the pedophile island? Jeff, I don't think it was called the pedophile island at the time. I think that would be... That would be a bit on the nose if the island was called Pedophile Island. And everyone was like, What are you where are you going, Jeffrey? And he's like, I'm going to Pedophile Island. And they're like, Pedophile Island? Really? I think it was called like St. Mark's or something. Because I think if you called it Pedophile Island at the time, I think that would raise some suspicions. But he had the Pedophile Island and is there's currently a lot of litigation going on between his estate and some of the women that are, you know, claiming that they were assaulted on the island. There's some all these proceedings going on around Pedophile Island, and the court in the U.S. has just said, "Okay, well, I can. We're now going to release all these documents to the public that, you know, detail a lot of the people who were involved in this case and her connections to Jeffrey Epstein." And a lot of the, the names on this list are going to be other plaintiffs who claiming that they were sexually assaulted. But a lot of the names on this list are going to be people who were on the planes with Epstein, who were regular names visiting Pedophile Island. I'm so excited to see the names on that list because it's just going to be, it's really going to be a who's who of the human trafficking world, isn't it? It's going to be exciting to see. You're going to, you'll have your Clintons. You'll have your Dershowitzes. You'll have your Trumps. It's going to be exciting to see who gets to be put on that list. I only, by the way, I only saw this story because Russell Brand tweeted about it. Russell Brand was like, they're releasing the names of all of Jeffrey Epstein's associates. The name's going live tomorrow. And then he said the establishment is quaking in their boots when this gets released. And I'm like, Russell, you can't be reveling in the names of sexual predators getting exposed to the public when you yourself are a sexual predator. Like Russell Brand just had six more people come out and allege that he uh, sexually assaulted them and harassed them. It's like you don't get to revel in the demise of other sexual predators and pedophiles when you yourself are a sexual predator and pedophile. I, I, if, I think Russell Brand, firstly, there's a good chance Russell Brand will be on the list, let's be honest. In fact, he'd probably be disappointed to not be on the list. He's like, I'm one of the greats. I'm one of the goats. To not be on the pedophile island list would be very disappointing to him. I just don't think Russell Brand is the person who gets to come out and say, hey, um, you know, look at all these pedophiles and these sexual predators. <coughs> because we're like, wait, aren't you, aren't you that? You know that Spider-Man meme where like the two Spider-Men are like pointing at each other? That's what I think about when I see Russell Brand accusing other people of being 
sexual predators and pedophiles. I'm like, mate, you know, maybe you sit this one out. Maybe this isn't your area. Speaking of pedophiles, the Catholic Church has come out and said, we are, we're not going to recognize same-sex marriages, but we have created a new blessing for gay couples that priests are now permitted to do. It's not like the blessing you give to heterosexual married couples, but it is just something that we're going to do for gay couples. Give them a little, a little bit of a, a mini blessing on the side just so that they don't feel too excluded. So the Pope has said Catholics can, ca- gay Catholics can now get this little mini prayer. It's not a full prayer, but it's just like a little mini prayer for the gay couple that's like, hey, look, we don't love this, but, you know, we don't want to be left in the dark ages here and kind of everyone's a little bit gay anyway. So we're going to do this little prayer. We don't love this. We don't accept you. But here's a little prayer just to kind of keep all the woke lefties off our back for a little bit. I don't I don't like this. I just think that the whole... I just don't think you can go halfway on things. Either like if you're the Catholic Church, either you just go, hey, yeah, we accept the gays and we're going to do same-sex marriage and we welcome them all. Or you just commit to your beliefs and be like, no, you're all heathen, you're sinful, you're going to hell. And, you know, particularly the ones that are having sex in the Senate hearing, those guys are definitely going to hell. I just think that I don't like this halfway dipping your toe in the water, trying to be like a little bit progressive when you're not. It just you just get yourself into trouble. The whole point of the Catholic Church is that you're homophobic. Like the whole point of its existence is to like burn gay people at the stake. That was like the start of the Catholic Church. Was like our view on gay people is that they are sinful, they're Satan, and they need to be dead. Like that was the whole Catholic Church. And that's where all their power came from. And now you fast forward a few centuries, and now they're just like trying to have it both ways. I don't like it. I don't like the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is what upsets me probably perhaps the most. I mean, I think homophobia is bad, but just hypocrisy is annoying because it's like, we all know you're still homophobic. Like, we all know you're still homophobic. You're not tricking anyone with this little prayer that you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, they even came out and said, oh, we gay thoughts are fine, but doing gay stuff is bad. It's like, you're trying to have a both ways. I just you don't you don't get to have it both ways you just you're the homophobes start trying to confuse everyone and say you're doing a little prayer for the gay couples no i think just just be homophobic just be that that's just keep things simple for everyone to understand you guys are the homophobes and that's it's not good but that's just who you are just be true to yourself be true to yourself as soon as you start to compromise Everyone's like, "Fuck these guys," you know. You, you you can't you can't please everyone. That's my point. You can't please everyone. You can't please the hardcore Catholics, and you can't please the gays at the same time. You just got to choose choose one. And I think the Pope keeps getting himself into trouble because he's trying to be progressive, but it's like, dude, you're the head of the world's most successful pedophile ring. 
even more successful than Pedophile Island. Don't worry about optics. Like the Catholic Church doesn't have to worry about optics because we all we all saw what happened over the last few decades. And there's still like a billion Catholics in the world. Like it didn't hurt their numbers at all. They're kind of like Trump. Like Trump can just do whatever the fuck he wants. He's not going to lose his followers. The Catholic Church can do whatever the fuck they want. They're not going to lose their followers. I, I, the only way they'll lose their followers is if they stop committing to their beliefs of being pedophiles and uh, hating gay people. So just stick to what you're good at. Stick to what you got here in the first place, Catholic Church. And that's the way you're going to hold on to power. Don't try to do this little like, you know, it's kind of like vaping. Vaping annoys me because it's like either either you smoke and you commit to just smoking and, and dying or you don't smoke and you commit to being not dying. And this whole vaping thing, it's like, oh, it's like, well, I want to smoke and die a little bit, but I also don't want to be too unhealthy. So I'm going to vape. No, you don't get to have this bullshit halfway point where you smell like blueberry. Like this, this is the Catholic church's idea of vaping. It's like, we don't hate the gays, but we don't love them. So here's little, here's our vape solution. No, 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 no. You don't get to vape. You guys have been hardcore smokers for centuries. That's your thing. You smoke and you, you, you're, that's what you are. That's what you are. You don't get to be this new age, modern vape thing that to push the metaphor further, let's be honest, is really bad for children. You don't get to be that. You're just becoming hypocritical by trying to please the masses. Pun intended. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry, I'm a bit jet lagged this week, so I hope that made sense. I'm on tour in 2024, which is very exciting. I've got shows in Fremantle and Perth. And my Melbourne International Comedy Festival shows just went on sale. I've got uh, 21, 22 shows from 28th of March through to the 21st of April. Head to my website, michaelshaver.com, for the tickets. I'm very excited for that show, despite the fact that I just burped during the plug. I promise I'm very excited for these shows. Um, it's a really good show. God, it's good. It's, oh, this year's show, it's a real doozy. It's kind of like this podcast, but like it's, I've thought it out and I've, I've written the jokes and it's structured and it kind of, it makes sense. Everything makes sense. It's not just uh, a stream of consciousness. It's actually... It's really you could it's it's really well written. So I think if you like this podcast, amazing. Thank you for supporting the podcast. But uh, the stand up, oh, you're gonna be like amazed by the stand up. You're gonna be like, oh my god, he's really thought about this. As opposed to this podcast where I kind of like, okay, let's see what comes out when I talk about gay sex in the Senate. So head to my website for the details. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could give it a nice review. That would be a treat, you know. Give say something nice on the internet, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Just helps other people find find the find the show, and it would be nice to uh, share these uh, awful, awful thoughts with a, with a greater audience. In the meantime, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, all that stuff. I'll be back next week. I'll do an episode next week. It'll be like I think it'll just be a recap of the year, talking about what I th- counting down what I think were the biggest stories of the year. Probably going to be. Israel Hamas probably but who knows if North Korea launches that missile and it hits LA this week we might have a new contender we might just well have 
and you in fact if they did do that and it blew up all of the documents that outlined the Epstein associates who went to Pedophile Island, for then I would that would really get the QAnon conspiracy theorists rocking and rolling. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but if it does, at least I'll have something to talk about in next week's episode. Thank you again for listening. Good night.